Power Zone Sports Podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado, our Bay Area Realtor. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one. Swan Lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is going to win. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome in Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host Jason down in Tampa. Sorry, we've been away for a couple weeks. Took a little couple week break here uh, as the draft concluded, leading into the uh, kind of the middle of the NBA and NHL playoffs. But we are back, and I appreciate you finding us. Remember, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms: Google, Spotify, Apple. Tell a friend. We'd love to have some more listeners. Definitely forward this to your people who like sports. We talk all things sports throughout the year. Uh, this is kind of a, a slower part of the year, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of basketball, a little hockey, but uh, we got a little lull here between now and the NFL training camp, but we have got a good show for you tonight. We are going to talk a little uh, potpourri of sports with TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio Network. He also does a boxing podcast. He does a sports media podcast, so we're going to talk to TJ about the NFL schedule. We're going to talk about the NBA draft lottery, which just occurred. Where is Wimbayana going? Hint, hint, San Antonio and the Alamo. And we'll talk about were there conspiracy theories back in the day? Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing and such. Also going to talk the John Morant situation. A lot of off-court stuff going on. We're going to talk Bob Huggins, Glenn Kuyper uh, stuff, uh, comments that were inappropriate comments and all that kind of good stuff and the, and the ramifications of that. So, uh, pr- again, appreciate you finding us. Before we get to TJ Reeves, I'm going to give you a, a few thoughts on a few things uh, as we head to Memorial Day. Uh, the Rays, my Rays, are still in first place with the best record still in Major League Baseball. You know, they had some uh, allegations in the last week or so from the Yankees that the, some of the Bozo Yank, uh, uh, sports radio guys up in New York think the Rays are cheating. Well, the Yankees had their own little uh, little dust-up on Monday with one Aaron Judge catching some signals from his first base coach, which I don't think that's cheating. I think that's shame on Toronto for allowing the uh, the, the opposite team's coaches to see your signs. So, uh, But again, uh, if you didn't see that, Aaron Judge kind of was peeking down at the first base coach, who I'm sure relayed him a signal or two. He then subsequently hit a ball about 700 feet that's still traveling out of uh, Toronto for a home run. So, uh, very interesting. So, all right, some notes for the week. Coaches that have been fired in the last couple of weeks. Doc Rivers, Monty Williams for Phoenix, Rivers in Philadelphia, who lost another Game 7 and a Game 6 that could have clinched against the Celtics. And Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, was also given the pink slip. So, three big-time coaches have been let go. 
I would imagine at least two of them will get jobs. It'd be interesting to see what Doc Rivers decides to do. But I'd be pretty shocked if Monty Williams and Budenholzer don't get uh, don't get new jobs this this year. You do have some openings. Obviously, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, um, and all that stuff. And don't be surprised if there's another coach that's let go based on who's now available to coach these teams. So interesting that these uh, remember Budenholzer won the title two years ago, beat Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns in the in the championship. Uh, again, William, or Monty Williams is the, the the experiment with Kevin Durant, Booker. Uh, obviously, Chris Paul, you know, got hurt in the playoffs. They got beat by the Nuggets in six games. And again, got destroyed at home in game six. You remember last year, the Mavericks destroyed uh, the Suns at home in game seven by 30. They were down 30 again at home it at halftime this year as well. Um, so... You almost wonder a change almost had to be made there. New ownership in Phoenix now too. So again, fresh start in Phoenix. Be interesting to see who they go after. Um, as a coach, obviously Philadelphia have Embiid and James Harden. And by the way, James Harden might be, in, in my opinion, is one of the top one or two worst big game playoff elimination players in NBA history. He is just pathetic and has been pathetic and continues to be pathetic in these game six and seven situations. Nobody cares that you score 40 in game one or game two. Nobody cares what you do in game three and game four. Game sixes and game sevens are what people remember, and nobody cares that you scored 40 in the two games that you won when you were pathetic in the four games that you lost when you were for the Philadelphia 76ers. He has a history back when he was with the Rockets, with the Nets, this is a history. This is not a one-off. And shame on anybody that gives that guy more than a one-year contract. Sounds like he's going to opt out of his deal and potentially try to maybe potentially go back to Houston, maybe Phoenix. But if, if I'm any owner in this league, and I know Daryl Morey, the GM of the Sixers, loves him some James Harden, but James Harden is not a big-game player, has never has and never will be. And that is just a uh, – rotten move if you if you bring that guy on board and you need your head examined six times over Sunday if you give that guy more than a one-year contract uh, to, to play on your team. The guy is not, not in shape enough, doesn't care enough, and such. So um, way down on James Harden, big time down on James Harden. Uh, MB did not play well in Game 7 in Boston. That's That's an indictment on him as well. Um, but I will say at least there was a known injury with, with Embiid in the playoffs with a knee ailment. Again, doesn't, doesn't excuse him for his pathetic Game 7 performance. Game 6 is the one that they let get away. Should have won Game 6 uh, in Philadelphia. Could have got to the conference finals where, they'll play, where Boston will now face the Miami Heat. Give the Heat uh, big credit. Spolstra gets the most out of his guys. One of the best tacticians in the league, if not the best. So uh, good for Spolster and company. We're in the West. You got Denver and the Lakers. I do like Boston in the East to get through. Uh, six games will be my pick there. And in the West, I like Denver to beat the Lakers. Obviously, you have Jokic and company out in the West. You got the uh, Lakers got rid of the Golden State Warriors in six games. It'd be interesting to see what the Warriors do with that, uh, the nucleus there, especially with Klay Thompson. 
with Jordan Poole, with Wiggins and Draymond Green. Steph ain't going anywhere, but it's those four guys. What what did the Warriors decide to do with those guys uh, this offseason? Uh, will be very interesting to see uh, whether they try to keep it together, piece it together, change up the parts a little bit. will be very interesting summer in San Francisco. But I like the Nuggets in, I'm going to say, five games. I know this will sound crazy. I'm going to say the Nuggets in five games. Um, recording this on Tuesday night, so I don't know what the result of game one is going to be in the West, but I like the Nuggets in five games. Uh, I think that the quickness and the depth of the Nuggets and Jokic being able to neutralize Anthony Davis is going to be a factor. Um, give me the Nuggets in five games to go to the NBA Finals to see the Boston Celtics. Um, so there's your NBA talk. Again, we, uh, TJ and I are going to talk about the John Morant situation. Um, so we, I will save those comments. But if, again, my only comment is if, if, if Adam Silver does not lay the hammer down on uh, John Morant for his clownish behavior. Uh, it, it will be a disgrace to him as the commissioner if that doesn't happen. So I'll let you hear TJ Reeves' thoughts on that. And I'll also give you a couple other thoughts as well during our segment with TJ. So uh, hockey playoffs are down to the final four. You got Carolina, Florida in the East, which is a disastrous matchup on for the television executives. And you have Vegas and Dallas, which is not a great matchup either for the TV execs. No Canadian teams. Edmonton, Toronto out. You got the Lightning got knocked out. The Rangers are out. The Bruins are out. So not going to be good ratings for the people at TNT and ESPN. Um, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go Florida and Vegas in the Stanley Cup Final. Florida, Vegas, Stanley Cup Final. You see LeBron James's son committed to USC. So shout out to my guy Matt Zemick who covers USC for USA Today. He'll have plenty to talk and write about in the coming year with one Caleb Williams on the football side of things, Heisman Trophy favorite. And now you have LeBron James's kid, Bronny James, going to USC, most likely for a one for a one and done situation. Uh, but we will see. Dennis Rodman's son is also going to uh, USC as well. So you'll have some star power there with. James and Rodman's kids there, but again, it'd be interesting to see how Bronny James handles college life for his for potentially one year, uh, and how much influence your boy LeBron James has uh, on that program during the next year. So good luck to you, Matt Zemick. You'll have plenty to write about and talk about there covering the USC beat. So God bless you. Want to give another shout out to my guy Dwayne PV. My Dwayne is a good friend of mine. He's also the athletics director at DePaul University. Dwayne got to throw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field last week. So quite an honor for Dwayne. Uh, he's also, he's again, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for many, many years. He's doing a great job at DePaul turning that program around. Uh, but a shout out to my guy, Dwayne PV. First pitch throw at Wrigley Field a week or so back. So all right, a couple more things, and we'll get to T.J. Reeves. A couple passings in the last couple of weeks. Denny Crum, famed coach at Louisville, uh, passed away. Uh, Louisville was one of my favorite teams growing up. That was probably one of the most first teams I really followed on the college level. For whatever reason, 1983, they were part of the famed Final Four in Albuquerque that NC State won. They played a classic semifinal game against Houston. It was a dunkathon. It was five slam a jamma versus Doctors of Duncanstein. 
but again, just a uh, he also won the title in 1986. I remember that vividly from Reunion Arena in Dallas. Never nervous Purvis Ellison. Also, that was the first Final Four for Mike Shashevsky and Duke. With that, with that crew, Johnny Dawkins, Jay Billis, Mark Allery, all those guys, they beat Duke in the final. Louisville did with the freshman, Nervous uh, Purvis Ellison. Um, again, lots of uh, pedigree. Came from the John Wooden tree uh, as well. Won a couple of national titles at Louisville. Passed away uh, in his late 80s. Also, Doyle Brunson, the famed poker cowboy of poker, godfather of poker, passed away. Early this week as well, he was 89 years old. You know, if you're a poker player at all, you know the name Doyle Brunson. You know, made made poker very famous as we got on, got into the TV era here in the last 15 years or so. But Doyle Brunson passed away. Um, lived a great life. I think he was eight, like I said, he was 89 years old. Um, so give a, a little rest in peace to those guys. Hope all the mo- moms out there had a had a happy Mother's Day. Um, again, we're in the middle of the baseball season. Again, we're going to talk about uh, Bob Huggins and such. You're going to hear those thoughts. Uh, Wembayana, you're going to hear the thoughts about Wembayana and the lottery with TJ as well. So uh, enjoy TJ Reeves. Again, Powers on Sports podcast. Also check out the video interview with myself and TJ on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. You'll see the interview with TJ Reeves and all the other video interviews for about the last year or so are there. We've had some really good spots. Um, again, we will talk all throughout the summer, all the doings going on. We'll have some media people for you. I got some I got some very interesting uh, interview requests out, trying to get some real big-time guys for you in the sports media world, some, some former players, some current players. So we will have more details as those things develop here in the coming weeks because we got about a two-month stretch here between now and late July before uh, NFL training camp gets started. Again, we had the NFL draft. The schedule came out last week. We talked to T.J. Reeves about some scheduling quirks and such with the NFL, so you'll enjoy that chat. Again, Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us, and we'll be right back with T.J. Reeves. Enjoy the podcast. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And Print and Marketing Solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs. Corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing specialist, Todd Tedesco, 813 498 2887. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to be a first-time home buyer looking to upsize or even downsize your current property situation? Reach out to Jason Powers at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404, anywhere in the state of Florida. Let's get you pre-approved, figure out how much money 
how much house you can afford, whether it's an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo loan, even bank statement loans if you're self-employed, we can help you. You need to buy, you want to build a home. We got a new construction loan available for you. Are you looking to renovate your home? There are renovation loans available and we are experts in the renovation loan it part of the uh, home financing business. Reach out to me, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. From Miami to Orlando to Jacksonville in Pensacola and anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending where it, my loan gets you into your home. All right, welcome back. Powers on Sports Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed my intro. Gave you a few notes and nuggets about uh, some thoughts around the sports world. And now we are going to get in, dive into a couple of topics close to this man's heart. A little NFL schedule. We're going to talk a little baseball scandal brewing. We're going to talk a little NBA playoffs. No better person than my man T.J. Reeves, passport hunter himself. <laughs> Here in the state of Florida. <laughs> Welcome in, TJ. Uh, never, never did I realize that I was going to have to spend uh, months of my life trying to figure out how to get passports for my wife, me, and then my underage children, which it's a bigger nightmare, by the way, uh, to get it for your underage children because you both, your, both parents have to be present and you've got to have a, an official government person through the post office that's got to have both of you standing there, notarize that both of you th- are there. Is this your child? <laughs> Sign right here. Here's the picture. This is them. Here's their official birth certificate. Uh, somehow, I feel like it might be easier to defect to like a communist country than it is to get a passport for this country. <laughs> did I say that out loud on the Powers on Sports podcast? I think I did. But we're all good. We're all good with that. And it's good to be with you, my friend. Mr. Reeves is the host of the Three Dog Thursday podcast, which will be coming back in the in the late August yes. part of the calendar for college football and the NFL. He does a, po- a boxing podcast every yes. week. And uh, all right, first, first boxing question. We get off. Give me a couple big fights that are coming up this summer that the audience is going to be interested in. I know Canelo well, Alvarez you... just fought a week yeah, or so Canelo, back. Good, good call. Canelo just fought. He's one of the biggest names in boxing out of Mexico. They just had the Gervonta Davis, Ryan Garcia lightweight showdown. That's that's the non-heavyweights. Maybe we'll get a heavyweight title fight later this year. There's an interesting one that will be on ESPN pay-per-view this weekend. Lightweight world title fight. Devin Haney, Californian, United States, and a guy that's out of the Ukraine, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, Lomachenko is a former two-division world champion, obviously war-torn Ukraine. He's trying to recapture the lightweight titles. So, again, that's a pay-per-view. That's not just on ESPN or ESPN+. Plus. you got to pay an extra, like, literally $74.99 or something like that. I think it may be a little overpriced. But, yeah, the boxing is good. Uh, I love picking the underdogs in the college football season. We love the Buccaneers and the Buccaneer Radio Network coverage. And everything that happens with that, but right now it's a little bit of off season, so I, I'm good to break down whatever you need on Powers on Sports, my friend. All right, let's get into the NFL schedule first. I don't want to talk about the Bucks a whole lot. I just want to talk about some general NFL scheduling things. Your thoughts on a game on Black Friday? Are you a fan of that, or should they leave that to the college world? High school games are on that Friday night oh, as well. What are your thoughts on the NFL diving into High the world of Black Friday? In Florida is generally in the playoffs on Black oh, Friday. Yeah. Am I yeah. right? Big Most time well into the playoffs. Uh-huh. Uh Day, New Year's Day, 
they will Thanksgiving Day they've always owned, and now Black Friday, why not? I mean, it used to belong to college football, but it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, if Rodgers is still upright, playing against the Miami Dolphins uh, in that matchup. Look, um, I, I will be the first one to tell you I draw a check from an NFL team. They, they are going to play games <laughs> whenever they want, at whatever time they want, on whatever continent they want. It's just – it is that it is that big of a deal. And I know we're probably going to get to this about the playoff game being on streaming. Yeah. I mean, when they're able, when they're able to get a hundred plus million dollar bid on a single playoff game, a single game is worth a hundred million dollars in the postseason. It tells you how popular and prominent this league is. And they'll play games. If they want to play games at 2 a.m. from Guam, they're going to play them, Jason. This, and this is the same NFL that just got rid of a bunch of NFL media personnel from their NFL television entity, and you're cutting right. jobs left and right. But but again, but you're now ca- cashing a check for a hundred million dollars for a playoff game for a one playoff single game, game not the yes. whole package of right. the playoffs. Crazy. Televise all of it. It is crazy what it's become. As we often like to say, whether you're selling a home. Whether you're selling something on is is Craigslist still a thing? Yeah, I was. Uh, eBay. It's not what you want to sell it for. It's what someone will buy it for. What someone's right. You know that in the home lending business, don't you're you, right. Jason Powers? It's what somebody will pay. And if right. they want to pay $100 million for a single playoff game, let them. All right, a couple things. You know, obviously the European schedules, all that. The one thing I didn't like, to me, one of the biggest storylines in this year is Tyreek Hill going back to play Kansas City. How do they put that game in Germany and not let Kansas City host that game? I mean, to me, that's one of the that is one of the marquee revenge yeah. situations, and you put that game in Germany. Bad job by the NFL, in my opinion. And I, th- you know, did they want that as a storyline for one of these European games? I don't know that it mattered, or if it, I mean, just for the, for whatever network is going to show it, whether that's going to be CBS or the NFL right. Network in the morning or whatever it is. Uh, I agree with you, but. These things, uh, I mean, look, this is this has become commonplace now, where they move these games and you play them uh, over in Europe, and it's it's kind of strange. I mean, uh, I still remember the Buccaneers' first trip uh, to England was to play Tom Brady and the Patriots, and that's when the Patriots were in their heyday of having won Super Bowls, and the belief was you may never see Tom Brady at Raymond James stadium because they don't play again for eight more years. Right. Well, it turns out Brady did play at Raymond James stadium on a Thursday night, as I believe with the Patriots and they won. And then lo and behold, he becomes the Buccaneer quarterback and they win a Super Bowl. I get it. But I remember the talk being back 13, 14 years ago that why are you playing that game in London when Tom Brady may never play again at Raymond James stadium as a visiting quarterback for the new England Patriots. So I get it. I get you it. And, and you and you've, it you've been, been you've been fortunate. Enough. You've got to experience all these Europe. You've been to Germany and to England. Which of the two countries was kind of a better atmosphere for football? I think they're both good, but the German atmosphere was just bonkers. They they seem to have more Americans and more American football fans. Because the interesting thing is these two Germany games are going to be in Frankfurt, and we'll give a shout out uh, to my man. My guy, Doug Graber, the former Buccaneer defensive coordinator, the former Rutgers head coach, yep. longtime coach in the NFL. He was the Frankfurt Galaxy coach when they won yeah. the World League in the early 2000s. And the Frankfurt franchise had over 40,000 season ticket holders. 
So they love American football with a lot of Americans, a lot of displaced Americans, a lot of military base Americans all over Germany and in Frankfurt. Um, so they, there is a big fan base and two of the games to the two Germany games are in Frankfurt. Uh, this go around, not in uh, Munich, Munich where they've been before or Berlin, right. the capital or any other city in Germany. So but that was rabid last year. Uh, in, in Munich because it's a first time. It's a first time for they and the Seattle Seahawks uh, to be able to go there and say we were the first two teams that played there. Um, I, I still Dave Moore told this story while we were on, over in Germany. He was a preseason player for the Miami Dolphins training camp. He began his career in 1992 with Dan Marino and the Dolphins, Don Shula as the coach. They played a preseason game in Berlin in the old Berlin soccer stadium. And he said it was run down. There literally were about 15,000 people there. Jeez. This is 1992. He stepped out at, with me at Bayern Munich Stadium, and we were looking around about 30 minutes before the game, and he goes, my God, this is not Berlin 1992. The <laughs> NFL does this right, and they will do it right in Frankfurt, and they will do it right in all the other countries where they're going to play. What'd you think of Detroit getting the opening night nod going to Kansas City? I think it's kind of cool that you give a up and coming team that opportunity for a little prime time. You know, it's easy to say, oh, well, let's have Philly and KC play. You're going to get an off the chart rating no matter who you put in that game. Sure. But I think it's good that you give Detroit a little love. Yeah. And the Lions were obviously good at the end of the year and knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. Uh, you would have played hard. Maybe, the thing yes, is, they played, they could have easily packed it in. I think that was one of the things they rewarded them for is they really made that last Sunday night game memorable on NBC by playing hard. They could have packed it in. Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer yes. as a loss to the Lions to knock the Packers out of the playoffs. Yeah. How about that? Um, but, yeah, uh, again, they gave it to Detroit. They could have given it to Buffalo, but Buffalo had played the road game, the road villain for the Rams last year on the right. Thursday night opener. They would have had to have done that again. Right. Maybe it's Tyreek Hill in Miami again that would have been the Thursday night game. But you're right. They give it to the Lions uh, instead on the schedule. Our buck your Buccaneers, our Buccaneers, you got two primetime games. Monday night at home against Philly, a little surprising you know, early in the year, week three, and then they go to Buffalo on a Thursday night, uh, which I think will be cool for you because it's a night game oh, in yeah. Buffalo in a rabbit in a very chaotic atmosphere up in Buffalo. Your thoughts on the buck? Just the two primetime games for the Buccaneers. And I'm not just saying this. You know, I'm I'm full of it on a lot of fronts. But I was saying all along, I thought the Eagles game could be a Sunday night or Monday night game just because it's the Eagles and the Buccaneers, and you got a lot of previous storylines, yeah, uh, including. Uh, the Buccaneers closing down Veteran Stadium before they won their first yep. Super Bowl, as you know, uh, including Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, beating the Eagles in the playoffs a couple of years ago, uh, beating them also on a Thursday night in that in that regular season a couple of years ago. Right. So, I, I mean, there's history. There's history uh, going all the way back, as we love, to Leroy Selman sacking Ron Jaworski in yes. the Buccaneers' first ever playoff game, 1979. Is Buccaneer Orange with Doug Williams and the late Ricky Bell and the late Leroy Selman against Ron Jaworski and the Eagles going way back now. So there's history there. So I believe that was going to be there. And the Thursday night in Buffalo is going to be cool. They're one of the best teams in football. You know, the Bucs have only played two times ever in Buffalo. I've been a part of both of them. 2009, a loss earlier in the year with Raheem Morris and Byron Leftwich was the quarterback. Uh, and then 2017, Jameis Winston and company had the lead 
Jameis threw a long touchdown right in front of me to O.J. Howard. I still remember that. Uh, but the Bills came back, and that was pre-Josh Allen, I believe, 2017. I think I have that right. Or it might have been I year one. It might have been year it one. It might have been year one for him. But they won the game. Um, I remember Scotty Miller had a fumble late in the game. They stripped him of the ball, and Buffalo got the winning field goal. Yep. So not a lot of good memories for the Buccaneers. In but that's the only two times the Bucks have ever, the Bucks had not ever played in Buffalo going into the 2009 season, and now you get a Thursday night game, so that'll be interesting. And there's a possibility that a game could maybe get flexed late in the year, say, but you but you look at the Bucks schedule, Jason, late in the year, and it's Carolina twice, uh, it's Atlanta once late in the year. Yeah. I want to say there's another bad team. Jacksonville late in the year. I don't know that that gets flexed to Sunday night football. I don't know what would get flexed in December. Let's say if the Bucks were really good and in the hunt, I don't know what's there to get another national TV primetime game. And a new thing this year is all Monday night games can be flexed too. So they have some flexibility late, late in the year, like yes, the last later in the year. Four, Correct. Like the last four weeks, they can yep. move a Monday night game to Sunday, which I don't know how you feel about that. I won't taint you with my opinion first. Give me your opinion on what you think of that. I think if you're going to allow NBC to do it on a Sunday, you should have a little leeway for ESPN to do it because ESPN's paying a ton of money too. Yes. And you don't want them to get stuck with, we we think teams are going to be good in May, but invariably a couple of those teams are not good. And if they're in a late you know, late week 14 Monday night game, and it's a dud because the team's not any good. I think you should give ESPN that's a little bit of luxury on that as well. But the only counterpoint to that is at travel. least on Sunday night and for travel. fans out of market, I agree that have flown in that are staying in a hotel Sunday one o'clock versus Sunday eight o'clock is not as bad. Now, maybe you were going to have a nighttime flight to get out if it was Sunday one o'clock to move it around. But, man, you're going to displace and anger and tick off uh, thousands that are going to be saying, we come in for an out-of-market game as a fan. I mean, the Buccaneers, believe it or not, the Buccaneers have thousands of season ticket holders. Not yeah. not 27, not 50,000, but they have thousands of season ticket holders that don't live in the area. Right. That They either drive in from other parts of the state and a lot of them fly in from other parts for big games and still have their Buccaneers season tickets. And on, on other fan bases, um, it, it is well known that they travel Steeler fan, big time Packer fan, you know, Favre than Rogers. I don't know if this is going to be the case years from now, but the Favre and Rogers Packers, the fans yeah. would travel by the thousands to road cities. Yep. And now you're going to tell them the game is not Monday night. You got to switch your flight. To get there for Sunday, you got to switch your hotel room. Good luck. Pay the cancellation fees. Right. That's. I can see where it's going to anger some people. You're right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how if they extend the window that they have to announce that maybe instead of a week and a half to maybe they're two and saying, a half weeks. They're saying 12 days right now. Wow. That on okay. 12 days notice, just like Sunday night football, that they can switch the game out and make it a Sunday game. Instead Last of a scheduling Monday. thing on the NFL, we'll move on. You've got with the Buccaneers, you got an entry schedule. Middle, keep the luggage on the front porch. Six <laughs> out of eight weeks in the middle of the year, you're on the road. Yes. Six out of eight, and then you're going to Green Bay in December. Get the get the park already. I have got to get some extra layers. Uh, <laughs> I have not been to I, – I have been to Lambeau in December. We played them there in 2017 with Jameis Winston. I believe it was 2017. might have been 2018 in the first yeah. week in December – and we got a break because it was only 40 degrees at kickoff. Right. It was not like 14 degrees 
at kickoff. Um, so we'll see if this one's going to be nastier. It's a couple of weeks later. We could have had Buffalo as well in December as a road game, but instead that was October. So you're right. Bucks get a lot of games at home early for the first six at home, then get some games on the road in the, uh, in the middle. And we'll see what it looks like as everything unfolds this fall. All right, let's transition to the NBA draft lottery was held on Tuesday, Tuesday night. We are, we are taping this just after the lottery was concluded. <laughs> Mr. Wembayana is heading to the Alamo. The San Antonio Spurs wow. win, win the lottery over the Charlotte Hornets. Third mega player that's been going to number one in the lottery due to the lottery, David Robinson in 87, Tim Duncan in 97, and now Wembayana in 2023. Just your thoughts on the lottery. Is there a conspiracy? There's always been thought of a conspiracy. Patrick Ewing to the Knicks. Right. Ron to the Cavaliers. He's from Akron. Now Wimbayana, Tim, Tim Duncan, and David Robinson to the Spurs. Uh, so I do believe in the conspiracies from the 80s uh, because <laughs> the first ever draft lottery, the Knicks got Patrick Ewing. And I think Golden State, and it was only like seven teams in the lottery. It was a one in seven chance yeah. for everybody. And Golden State got like the seventh pick, if I remember correctly, or something like that. Um, they were bad then. Oh, they were horrible uh, then. All right, so uh, I am a fan, though, of the lottery because the Detroit Pistons were tanking like Shamu. Yes. And they end up number five uh, yep. because of the ping pong balls. Yep. So it just goes to show you the NBA got it right 40 years ago on you want to stop teams from losing on purpose as the fail-safe way to get the number one overall pick or the one of the first two picks. Yeah. Have a lottery system where it boots somebody out and boots them out. I don't think they can be any worse than fifth. If you're in the top three, you can't be worse than fifth is the way that they uh, regulate it. So, but look, I'm for the lottery and San Antonio comes up with a player that may, may be a, a, a you know, bona fide generational player. And then again, maybe not. Right. There's not a guarantee here. I mean, we have seen players, you want some recent names? Ben Simmons, yeah. Anthony Bennett. The Cleveland Cavaliers took UNLV's Anthony Bennett in front of every other player they could have taken. Number one overall. I go back to the candy man, Michael Olawa Candy of the yes. Clippers. I'm speaking your language. There Kwame, Brown. Bad, Kwame, Kwame Brown. There have been some bad number one picks. So I don't know that Victor uh, Wimbayana is going to be phenomenal or not. Maybe he's pretty good. In the NBA, we don't know. LeBron James turned out to be amazing coming in as an 18-year-old, but we don't know that this 18-year-old is going to be amazing. Stay tuned. But I am I am just in general, as you're asking me this, I'm in favor of the lottery system that the NBA came up with. Yeah. And, yes, go back on YouTube and watch the famous 86 draft lottery like the next year where the Celtics had somebody's pick, and it was long believed that what they had done, because those were the days where they had the big – a circular drum, the the plastic yeah. drum, and they were twisting it around with a crank, and they had the logos inside of sealed yeah. big envelope, big yeah. logos. And the word was, do you know this conspiracy theory? That they had put the Boston Celtics one in a freezer yes. and it made it freezing cold. Yes. Where when David Stern reached his hand in, he knew he was touching the cold one or not <laughs> to pull the Celtics out last. And there is a suspicious moment, audience. Go back and look on YouTube. It's there, 86 draft lottery, where he reaches in 
to pull one out and it suddenly like bangs the side of the plastic drum and he drops it and he picks oh, another God. one up oh, and you God. can see it on the screen. And the belief has always been that that was the Celtic envelope freezing cold and he found a way to kind of drop it and pick another one up. I'm just saying that's a I lottery conspiracy. That. I have heard that conspiracy theory and it would not shock me back in the day that, 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 that well, and of course the Celtics, sure. the Celtics end up getting Len bias with the number one overall pick. And horrifically he's dead a couple of years later, of a, a couple of days later, yeah. a couple of days later of a drug overdose, right. 1986 uh, in that draft, right after they picked him uh, because there was, there was belief the Celtics had won the title uh, in 1986 and now they're going to get Lynn Bias to add him to Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Dennis Johnson and Robert Parrish and Danny Ainge. Dear God. And, and Lynn Bias horrifically, tragically is dead two days later. But the lottery conspiracy is still there, my friend. Well, speaking of bad news, give me your thoughts on the knucklehead that is Ja Morant. Listen, we could go for 15 minutes on this. The simplest thing is the guy doesn't get it. And I was on a Memphis radio interview earlier on Tuesday as we're taping this podcast earlier in the week in my hometown where I went to college at the former Memphis State. Uh, and I know that town has got people apologizing for him. How, Stop how, it. Stop how, it. Stupid, how stupid do you have to be at this point that he's likely looking at 25 games, maybe even like half the season, like 41 minimum, games? Minimum 40. Okay, because he's a repeat offender. They've warned him. He sat and met and he met with the commissioner, Adam Silver, supposedly went through some kind of sensitivity intervention training on stop doing this with flashing a gun on social media and all this stuff about guns. Uh, and the one thing I keep bringing it back to just real quick is a keep to in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and to just gradually continued knucklehead behavior and then stuff with guns and his brother with guns and Tlaib and his brother both, and there's a gun present. And now the brother is charged with killing a Dallas youth football coach last August. Jason, I know you work in high school football and have uh -huh. refed. You know, th this is horrific stuff that Tlaib and his brother Tlaib, uh, it, it, by witnesses, started the fight yeah. in this youth football game with an opposing coach, and his brother pulled a gun on camera and killed the opposing coach. So I'm not being over dramatic on the Powers on Sports podcast. This is right. what it can lead to. This is what it can lead to when you roll up on somebody else that's got a gun that yeah. knows you have a gun, John Morant, and there's an argument or a dispute, and it's it's now somebody else with a gun. So this is serious stuff, and you should not. I'm not saying you are. You should not be minimizing this if you're a fan of the Memphis Grizzlies or anybody else. This guy's making bad choices with who's he's, who he's around and what he's doing. And it's not just that it could cost him tens of millions of dollars as an NBA player, but I'm not, I, I'm not being overly dramatic here that it could cost him much more uh, with making the wrong choice of who you're around with and what you're doing. There you go. Yeah. There's no, and, and dad, who's not had, had the best image on some of these game incidents, He's involved in a little bit of this, and he's you got to blame him as well. Let me but give you an example. This is well-known in the Memphis media. I don't know how much it got played up nationally. There was an incident earlier in this basketball season where his mother is at a mall in Memphis, and she felt like she was being discriminated against. She felt threatened or wherever she was in a department store in the mall. So she calls him. She calls Ja to come to the mall. Ja is there with, with his guys. And there is a dispute and a fight at the store. 
And allegedly, John Morant was armed. And, and again, what happens when there's a Memphis police officer or somebody in the fight that is also carrying a gun when these things are going on? We're not overstating the importance of this and the significance and somebody who's of this. not worth $300 million that, well, that doesn't right. care. Right. And is going to and is going to pull a gun on you. So uh, this is a this is a very real thing that that uh, and maybe he's going to be sat down for a while. He is a fantastic player. He, he better is the be franchise player for that Memphis team. And he's got to wake up because he's on the verge of ruining his NBA career right now. And his endorsement, I mean, his ability endorsement wise is probably next to nothing now. And if you're right, to me, if Silver doesn't lay down the hammer here, it's a m- massive failure by Dave, by uh, Adam Silver. All right, couple more things, couple one more NBA. T- your thoughts, NBA? As we're recording this, it's just the beginning of the Lakers and Denver series. You got Boston and Miami starting on Wednesday night. Just a quick thought: Who you like in each series? How do you go against the Lakers right now overall? I know Denver's got home court advantage, but Le- you know LeBron's got championship pedigree. Uh, they are playing with house money. They made some moves at the trade deadline. Uh, the Lakers knock out the Golden State Warriors. How do you not favor them overall in that series? And the NBA is not going to admit this, but as long as they get the Lakers in the finals, they're fine with either Miami or Boston. They'd love to have Boston. And the whole Laker, you and I are contemporaries. Yeah. The, the 80s and the Lakers in Boston, and even in the 2010s, Lakers in Boston battle in 08 battle in 2010 they have all that history all those storylines celtics in the finals last year you would love to have the celtics and the lakers you'd love you'd love it if it's just the lakers and either the celtics or the heat they don't want denver and miami there's not going to be a pa (laughs) announcement there's not going to be a press release but you talk about a come down i don't care how good a player Jokic is uh, it's not la it's not boston it's not the history and the tradition it will not be the same but Let's see. Maybe Denver earns it, and maybe Denver gets there in the championship series. It is interesting that the Lakers won the bubble championship beating yeah. Denver and then beating Miami. Miami same four beat, teams. Same, same four, teams. four teams. Miami beat Boston. That's right. And the Lakers beat Miami in the bubble in Orlando. So yeah. is history going to repeat here for the matchup? We'll see. Who got the rawest deal in getting fired? Doc Rivers, Budenholzer, Monty Williams. <laughs> Well, you're hired to be fired, and Budenholzer won a championship two years ago. Yes. Uh, and, and Monty and Williams way, was in the final that he got beat by Budenholzer in the championship yes, two, years, two ago. years ago. And by the way, didn't Nick Nurse – I'm going back now. He left. My, my he kind of quit, quote, quote unquote. They, they won the title within the last five years. Yes. You're hired to be fired in the NBA. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Doc Rivers has been passed around right now as a coach like the offering played at church. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, how many more? Doc's got to go back to the broadcast booth, I think. How many more situations between Celtics, what, uh, Clippers? Wasn't he with a Magic's head coach, too? He's well, lost 11 true. straight lose or go home games, whether it's game six or games. seven, right. elimination, elimination games. games, 11 in a row. That's not good on the resume. <laughs> Philadelphia needs somebody else, needs a different uh, voice there. And if situation. Philadelphia pays James Harden a penny more than zero, they are insane. That guy is the worst big game playoff player, game six, game seven kind of guy, in the, arguably in the history of the league. For a guy and that's the next, got his- 
And the next guy he guards, especially in the postseason, will be the first guy he attempts yes. to guard in the postseason. He plays no defense whatsoever. Yes. So you got to play some. And especially right. with the with everything on the line, you got to play well in the postseason, in the second season. I'm not, I'm not basketball, uh, an off-the-court matter I want to get your thought on. We had two in the last couple of weeks. Bob Huggins with an unfortunate, inappropriate comment on a podcast. And Bob Huggins, how dumb do you have to be to not realize what you're saying when you're saying it on a podcast? And then you had Glenn Kuyper, the Oakland A's broadcaster, mm. That had an incident on the air. Uh, just your thought. Huggins keeps his job, yep. but gets docked a million bucks on his salary, suspended a couple of games and such, where Glenn Kuyper, broadcaster, has been suspended indefinitely. No final resolution yet, but not on the air any longer. Just your thoughts on the not very well, equitable, look. equitable, equitable punishments for the well, let's breach. let's just put it on the line bob bob huggins is arguably the most powerful figure even over the governor in the state of west virginia let's yep. be honest about that so that's how he has survived this uh and again he is suspended at the beginning of the year he's got to go through sensitivity training uh you know you're just saying idiotic things um and, and then with uh glenn kuyper whose brother is also a prominent they're both former players but yep. uh dwayne kuyper's a prominent broadcaster also yep uh, he's using the N word at the beginning of a broadcast. Uh, and, and I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know that he survives it. Tom Brenneman got fired broadcaster Cincinnati Reds for what he said and can't get back in right. uh, three years later. So I don't know that Kuiper survives this with the Oakland A's. Uh, the one thing from a broadcasting standpoint, and we're sitting right here that, uh, that you've got to treat every, every microphone as your career is on the line here. If there's a microphone around, do not, do not, absolutely do not. And I give advice to broadcasters, young broadcasters all the time. Do not take for granted that whatever you're about to say could ruin you. Just like you're trying to move up in the world, it could yep. ruin you with whatever you're about to say. And uh, and and it's it's different in Kuiper's case because he's on a broadcast in front of TV with a yep. microphone. In Huggins' case, my understanding, he was on the phone. You're sitting at wherever he's sitting, at home, in the in the basketball office. Right. And you think you're being funny with a comment about Xavier's pedigree right. of people and athletes, and you're not being funny. And he's fortunate that he's as powerful, influential, and successful as a basketball coach as he is, because if he was like Bob Williams. If he was, was at Marshall, he'd have lost his job, not West Virginia. Yeah, and especially if he's not a Hall of Fame caliber coach, you're going to be in big trouble. Right. And you and you make a great point about live TV that there's greatness of being about on live TV, but you can't take the words back once you say it on live That's TV correct. and live radio and all that kind of you know. And in Brenneman's case, Brenneman again was doing a 2020 broadcast in the COVID crazy year, where he's in a studio while the game is being played elsewhere. Right. And he doesn't realize because they don't tell him you're not in the commercial break. Still, <laughs> he still believes he's in the commercial break. Right. And they had come back and he's making an offhanded comment, not even realizing again in the crazy circumstance. And I hope he's a fantastic guy. I hope he gets another opportunity. Uh, we've given other opportunities to others. Um, for example, Michael Vick, and, and Brenneman's yep. used this example, Michael Vick went to federal prison for dogfighting charges, and Fox continues to employ Michael Vick. Yes. Fox, who Tom Brenneman worked for for two-plus decades, 
doing the NFL, mm-hmm. doing major college football, Great baseball point. for Fox. And so we come back to just one thing, and I know you're going to go here in a second, of uh, is it worse what you said versus what you did? And in Michael Vick's case, heinous behavior involving animals, whatever you want to believe, that he did, not said, that he did over and over again and went to prison for it. Right. And is still on the Fox coverage of the NFL, just for what it's worth. A good point. You make you make a great point, and and you know, I'm sure you know guys that have gotten trouble for saying stuff that they shouldn't have said. And, oh yeah, I mean for different things, and it's it's that's it's a a uh, it's just real quick. There's an interesting case going on in Northern California involving the Sacramento sportscaster and former voice of the Kings and former yeah. radio host Grant. in Sacramento, Grant Napier is his name. And all he did was respond to a tweet from a former player, DeMarcus Cousins, who was putting Black Lives Matter on social media and directed something at Grant Napier. And Napier answered back, all lives matter. Right. And the all lives matter uh, in response uh, gets Grant Napier fired from his jobs, plural. He lost them all. And he is alleging that because the radio company is of a different religion than he is he believes that this is also uh religious discrimination against him that's an interesting argument that one of the reasons they canned him off the sacramento radio job and his radio show is religious discrimination for saying on social media all lives matter in a tweet Right. He lost his jobs for it. So you do have to be careful. So we'll see how that case, maybe he has no case, but it's in Northern California civil court right now that he is suing for damages because he lost his career three years ago for all lives matter. The tweet. And he, and he was a, he was a mainstay in that market for 25 yes, years. Yes, sir. I mean, it's not like he was a Johnny come lately kind of guy. No. He was, he was a mainstay. All right, TJ Reeves. Great work, man. I really appreciate the time. Give the audience a quick update where they can find all your good stuff Listen, coming up in the couple next month or so. And you're then gracious, online. you're gracious to uh, to have me on Powers on Sports. I talk a lot of boxing. Big Fight Weekend website, bigfightweekend.com, Big Fight Weekend podcast. We're kind of in the lull right yep. now before Buccaneers season will be here, and I'm part of the radio coverage with the Hall of Famer Gene Deckerhoff and Dave yep. Moore on Buccaneers Radio. Three Dog Thursday podcast will be back. Talking underdogs, making underdog predictions, college football in the NFL. You've participated there as well. That and a lot of other hats later on. But for sports right now, media. Just, Tell about the sports media podcast. The last, the last word, word on sports media podcast. Another hat that I wear. We love talking sports media. Search podcast. Last word on sports media through lastwordonsports.com. We talk sports media there too. If you care, I get some great uh, guests, different takes on the sports media. Check us out. Last word on sports media. Thank you for all the plugs. I'm going to take some time off. We may take advantage of those passports that we talked about at the beginning of the show. If we ever get them, uh, we'll go out of the country and go do something if they get mailed to us. Be well, Brother Powers. Thank you for having me. Tell the missus happy Mother's Day. Good luck with the uh, insurance <laughs> shopping for the twins about to oh, turn 15. As drivers. Car right, insurance. Car insurance. I'm, I'm going to be doing radio till I'm 80. I'm convinced of that. Have a great week, sir. We will talk soon. Yes, sir, Brother Powers. Appreciate you finding us on the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember, at JPO Sports on Twitter. Love to hear your comments, and we will see you next week on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.